How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is NASCAR Insider, the, the man who has all the information, John Close, calling us from Charlotte. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Steve. How are you, bud? Doing pretty good. How's the weather down there? Uh, it's uh, it's nice enough temperature-wise. It's uh, mid-60s, but it's uh, raining pretty good today. It is. Well, you know, it's uh, well, you say, was it April showers? But in your case, it's, I guess it's February showers. Bring your March <laughs> yeah, flowers. It is. Fortunately, it's not raining in Daytona. This is true. And uh, yes, Ryan Blaney, the quick. And uh, I was talking before to Jeff Orlowski, our producer, who is away on assignment uh, this weekend with girls volleyball. Uh, the Fords are pretty quick down there, and they've been quick last year uh, on the restrictor plates. And does anybody have anything for them? Well, you know, actually, I think uh, I think the Chevys are pretty good. Uh, you know, they've got the new Camaro ZL1 model. And normally when you have uh, a new model, you know, it takes a little bit of time to shake that out. Um, but they had a great test this last week in Las Vegas with the regular package. And today, you know, the the, the practice this morning was a little misleading. Uh, Blaney led the practice and led a Ford top four there, but they basically hooked up in about a six-car draft at the end of practice and ran uh, in the 199-plus range. But earlier in the day, when there were single-car runs, um, it was all Chevys all across the top at around 192-plus. Uh, right now, in the current practice for the 500 cars, uh, you got Chevys at the top with uh, Alex Bowman and, and Jimmy Johnson in the 193-194 range. Um, so, you know, I... I, I we know that the Fords are great on the restrictor play tracks, especially when they can get uh, on the super speedways, when they can get locked up in the draft. And uh, they certainly showed that this morning. But, uh, you know, all the cars this year are going to have some challenges because um, I heard your last segment, you know, uh, with uh, Lori and Dennis about the rules. And while those things on the off-track rules are pretty interesting, uh, you know, we've had a number of technical rules again changes this year to make it a little bit uh, closer and one of the things is is they've you know they've taken away more downforce uh, last year I think everybody remembers they made the rear blade the rear spoiler a lot smaller and now this year they've uh, you know they've kept that they haven't reduced the uh, the spoiler at all but um, all the cars will have a common front splitter this year and a radiator cooler they're also all going to run the same gear um, you know, bottom line is uh, downforce on the cars is going to be reduced in, you know, more than uh, 200 pounds, uh, 40 of that on the back and 160 on the nose. So everybody's going to have kind of a new car to, to deal with somewhat. Uh, that's not unusual. You know, there's always mm-hmm. rule changes every year. But, uh, you know, if, if it gets down to a, a single car or somebody can break away uh, a little bit at the end, and um, I think the Chevys could be good and, you know, the Toyotas, they were Jack the Bear last year, especially at the end. So 
you know, it's it, it, it's just such a crapshoot at, at Daytona. But um, I don't think the Fords are a lock by any stretch. Last year was a down year for for Hendrick Motorsports, which is unusual. Uh, with Chevys, like you, you're saying, looking pretty good, and you got Jimmy Johnson in a black car this year. Uh, could we? Uh, could be? Could this be a bit of a Hendrick uh, Renaissance in 2018? Well, you know, they only scored four wins all last year, and, and three of those were by Johnson, and, and he never had another one after after the June race at Dover. So, um, yeah, that was a down year for them. Um, I, I don't know as though that renaissance is going to come this year, Steve. Um, I, I You know, for all the success that they've had, boy, Jimmy and, and Chad are so dysfunctional at times. Mm-hmm. Um and and I, I you know they're a great team, but you know we'll have to see if they can just sustain and and rebound a little bit. Um, Chase Elliott, you know, it, it's almost like his career right now is a carbon copy of his dad. You know, his dad finished second eight times before he won. I think Chase has finished like second five times now, and until he learns to close, um, not spin the tires on the restarts, not get out driven on the final lap. Um, you know, the jury's out on him and who knows what the two kids are going to do. I think, I think the Bowman kid is supremely talented and, um, you know, William Byron, I know he's a, he's a real trendy pick right now for a lot of people. Um, it's great. They have these kids, but it might be a year or two, I think, Steve, before they really shine. If, if, uh, anybody's going to lead the Chevy camp this year, I mean, it's going to be Kyle Larson and, um, you know, even Jamie McMurray. I mean, you know, looking at picks for Daytona, I mean, he's, he's probably the most aggressive, uh, super speedway driver in the series. And, uh, you know, if they can get together, they, they could do uh, big things this year as well. Are, should NASCAR be concerned about Mon- monster not returning next year? Well, sure. <laughs> um, you know, uh, for years there was so much stability with R.J. Reynolds. I mean, that was a, whatever it was, a 40-year relationship, 30-year um, relationship between them um, where where you had that, um, not necessarily the money, Steve, but, but the consistency of the marketing direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, R.J. Reynolds, more than, than the, the money aspect brought uh, a marketing sensibility to NASCAR uh, that they had never had before. And I'm not sure they've had since, um, uh, you know, there, there was a plan in place and it was executed. And, and uh, so, um, you know, when, when you're a, a, for lack of a better term, a, a sponsor driven sport like auto racing is, um, you know, the perception is, boy, you know, why are people not being involved in this or going away from this? Um, you know, it's a tough sell these days in the, in the money markets, and, and it's a, the amount of money that, you know, is is not only available, but what they're asking is, wow, um, pretty staggering. So certainly, you know, I mean, um, uh, I think Monster going away might be um, – perceived perceived as a negative but the reality of the situation is i i think that they were stopgap to begin with right um and and so um, while it's it's not good to have them go away it's you know it's highly potential that 
they might get a better partner that's going to have some longevity to it. So until it, until it really happens, you don't know. You know, th- throwing out what you're what you think about you know your personal feelings on tobacco sponsorship and that even to the listeners and that, I, I think one of the underrated stories across the last fifteen years is just how much racing has suffered in all areas of a motorsport without that tobacco money. And I don't really think it's ever been replaced, whether it's uh, IndyCar with, with Philip Morris or, or RJ Reynolds in, in uh, NASCAR and, and uh, you know, other companies in, in NHRA and, and World, of, World of Outlaws and Camel in uh, IMSA. I mean, it's just incredible how much activation those series got from that and and you and i saw that firsthand when we would walk into into the media center and our our spots uh you know in in the media center where we filled with swag with duffel bags and jackets and hats and you name it and now you know you're you're you're, you're lucky to get a you know a, a, a cozy well you know the for for some of our younger listeners the way the tobacco sponsorships and NASCAR and all the other sports that you all the other motorsports you just named was the you know the U.S. government cracked down on tobacco mm-hmm. in the late '60s and restricted how they could advertise and they took away their their biggest deal, which was of course TV. Um, and so all of a sudden, companies like R.J. Reynolds and Marlboro and and a lot of the others they they had this amazing amount of money to spend and no place to put it and motorsports proved to be the the golden calf for them across the board regardless of division or series and um you know they poured uh, more money into motorsports than motorsports ever knew existed and that really along with some of the other things like you know uh the advent of cable tv in the in the 80s just really, really exploded motorsports onto the uh, the national scene where all of a sudden things that guys like you and I who have loved auto racing our whole lives and wanted to be, you know, considered to be on par with the stick and ball sports, um, all of a sudden we had that. Um, now there's been a fundamental shift in, in a lot of things, including the sponsorship and public tastes and what people do for recreation these days. Uh, even how you know we're we're seeing the events, um, uh, you know how we're receiving them on our different devices. It's not all on TV anymore. So, so the the landscape has changed so much um, with the demise of tobacco sponsorship and the changes uh, societally that um, you know it's really hard for companies to be all in on anything because. Um, there's just such a diversity of interest in the way things are delivered these days that back in the day, you know, if you just had TV to deliver and of course radio. Um, but, but now it's, uh, it's really hard for them to wrap around exactly what the ROI, the return on investment is going to be. And again, when you com- contrast that against the astronomical amounts of money that it takes to be involved, um, you know, it's dried up. There's no doubt about it. We're talking to John Close on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. John, you, you want to hold over for a segment as we take a quick uh, commercial break? That'd be great. All right. We'll be right back with John Close on the Final Inspection Show. 
This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Of course, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out their website at greatlakesdragway.com for their upcoming 2018 schedule. Chatting with John Close on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course, his book, 1001 NASCAR Facts, Cars, Tracks, Milestones, and Personalities, available on Amazon. Is that correct still? Yep, yep. It's uh, still out there, and if you go to Amazon, uh, they'll deliver it right to your door. In fact, I think if you're an Amazon Prime member, it's on sale, so make sure you check that out. And uh, your earlier book, that the one I really liked, is your, your truck series book that you did about five, six years ago, that that should be still available too. Maybe not, uh, uh, maybe as a used bookstore if they missed it the first first time around. You can find it, uh, but it's out of print. And, gee, Steve, time flies. I mean, I did that book in 2007. It's actually 10 years ago. Yowza. Yeah, well, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, for those not aware of it, John was uh, one of the early players in the, in the truck series when it first started out. You were working with – Richie Bickle, and also with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, I believe you worked with uh, Jimmy Hensley, too. Is that is that correct? Do I remember that right? Yeah, I, I, I had a turn there at uh, um, at Richard's, which was a great time. And uh, uh, then I worked in the truck series a lot. I managed a uh, um, media and marketing firm where at one time we actually represented seven trucks, um, in the series one year in 2000, more than half of them were in that big wreck uh, that Jeff Bodine had at the season opening race at Daytona. But uh, I spent a lot of time in the truck series over here. It's where I, where I spotted the most races, um, um, you know, had, had a couple wins there and, and had some, some big fun there doing that. So truck series is real near and dear to my heart, but Steve, I got to tell you, I've been watching these practices this morning mm-hmm. and um this new rules package is pretty interesting. These cars are uh, more stable than I've seen them in a really long time, and I'm just amazed at how tucked down on the racetrack they are. How uh, they, they One of the rules they changed this year was the, the last couple of years, uh, I don't know how many, NASCAR handed out the rear springs. They mandated a 400-pound rear spring. Well, this year, one of the things they've done is they've, hey, whatever springs and shocks you want to run, uh, have at it, and I've never seen the wheels on these cars so far tucked up inside the body. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're just squatting on the racetrack. And um, you know, normally you see the in cars, the car in front is just dancing all over. These cars are so stable. Um, you know, it, it remains to be seen how this package is going to work during the race. But um, I really think they've hit on something here. They've already made one little change. Uh, in case you haven't heard. They mandated a 360 gear engine rule. You know they're going to use the same engine for for practice qualifying the the duels in the 500, and uh, by putting a little taller gear in, they're they're probably dropping a couple hundred RPM to make the engines lift. But this this new package looks, you know, first blush out of the box uh, in the practices today. Um, this is looking pretty good, boss. Should be interesting, and uh, of course the the clash switching back. For those who might not be aware of it, it was on Saturday nights for a good 15, 20 years. It's back to how it ran back uh, 
back originally, back in the old days, back in the 80s, when it was on a Sunday afternoon and many memorable clashes over the year, John. Of course, Buddy Baker winning the first one. And a lot of people remember that, that Ricky Rudd crash in the 1984 oh. uh, in yeah. his Bud Moore Thunderbird, and which uh, <laughs> he actually had to tape his eyes open because <laughs> they were so small in the race in the Daytona 500 the following week. Uh, you, no, you, you couldn't call uh, Ricky Rudd a wimp, could you? Well, you know, the, the guys back then, um, a lot of them had to race more out of necessity than anything. Um, you know, the, the money wasn't anywhere near what it is today, obviously. And, and uh, you know, guys like Ricky Rudd, they were tough dudes. I mean, to this very day, that's still probably one of the most violent wrecks I've ever seen at Daytona. And, and again, we didn't have the kind of, uh, you know, driver safety equipment Mm-hmm. Uh, that they have uh, now. Uh, another enhancement that they've made this year is, um, you know, they've had the IDR, uh, the incident data recorder, in the cars the last couple, three years, and now they've added a camera to that this year. So whenever there's a, a driver is actually in a, a significant wreck, uh, a camera goes on and it shows what happens to the driver uh, in the car. So there's, there's a lot of new rules this year, you know, and I mean, some of them, um, you know, remain to be seen. I know that, that Lori and Dennis had a lot of fun with the, uh, the inspection deal, but, um, you know, based on the inspection thing last year, um, how many times did we see that there was an issue trying to get through tech to even get out and qualify? Um, this deal's supposed to be faster. You can do an entire car within three minutes. Um, they, they've also um, they've increased the tolerances on the on the bodies and the the glass themselves, uh, so that you know there's a, a wider range. Even though it's in terms of uh, you know hundreds of thousandths of an inch, it's still it's still easier. The pit road thing that'll be really interesting to see how that goes with only five guys over the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they've they've also restricted the number of people that you can take to the racetrack. You know it used to be that. Some of these larger teams could take, you know, a giant number of people to the racetrack, and now, um, you know, now you're you're limited to I think uh, 15. Uh, actually, it's 12, and that does the only one that doesn't count toward it is the truck driver, who, you know, the transport driver who's chief cook, bottle washer, and everything else while you're at the racetrack. So, you know, they're, they're if you look at the, my book, a thousand and one NASCAR facts, the one thing that you'll come away with is that, you know. NASCAR changes something every year, and uh, you know people lose their minds every year because mm-hmm. this changes or that changes. But you know, even back in the day, the days that people just oh, I wish it was like that. You know, something changed every year, and uh, you know they're just trying to keep the the sport more relevant. And uh, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But um, the changes that they made this year, I'm you know I'm I'm eager to see what happens and. Uh, you know, it, hey, if it doesn't work, they'll change it. Like I said, they already changed the gear rule this morning. So, um, you know, if it, it's the one thing that you can count on with NASCAR. Is it, they're going to change stuff, and if it doesn't work or if it doesn't make money, then, then they're going to change it. All right, John. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your insights and look forward to chatting with you in the upcoming weeks. Well, Steve, it's always a pleasure. You've been such a good friend to me over the years, and, the opportunity to come on your show is is a, a real great honor, and it, yeah, it gives me a chance to 
say hi to all my Wisconsin peeps out there. So uh, best to everybody and enjoy the season. All right, that's John Close. Make sure to check out his book, 1001 NASCAR Facts, available on Amazon. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.